Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Come on, come on, wake up, everybody. We just do 
is running a hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction. She is trying, but the canyon's ever wide in the depths of her cold heart. So she slipped out on another Adventure just the time. She's another two years older, and she's three more steps behind. Does anybody hear? Can anybody see? Or does anybody even know she's going down today? Under the shadow of our steeple, there's all a lot lonely people searching for the hope that turns away and eats the meal. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? She is yearning for shelter and
hope that's tucked away in you and me. These people are searching for love, and they come to the church. The steeple, Casting Crown said, the steeple is full of lonely people, lofty classes for lofty peoples. You know what they do. This auxiliary board, that auxiliary board. But meanwhile, our children are dying all over America with all these steeples. I rode down the boulevard in my city and I counted 12 churches within a mile and a half, a two mile span. But yet still, people are dying all around the world. What are we going to do about it? We're going to continue to build buildings with lonely people in it. Something has got to change. We put more interest in trying to figure out President Donald Trump than we even put in our own lives. Let me finish the song out. I guess we'll go over to the book of James. The second chapter. These messages is from the watchman to the watchman. And then we can check ourselves and see whether or not we're watching and doing what the Most High said that we should be doing before we get here. It's a sad indictment this morning. All these churches, all these steeples, Casting crown, <clears throat> excuse me, casting crown, he says, steeples full of lonely people searching for the hope that's locked up inside of you and me. And meanwhile, we have all these lofty classes in these church, in these steeples, full of lofty people. You know, they giggle and they have fun and get with the auxiliary board. And after that, they go right back to their same old ways. Something has got to change. Justin Crown say, you people are hurting and running 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour. In the wrong direction. In the wrong direction. She is trying. The canyons ever widen in the depths of her cold heart. So she sits out on another misadventure just to find. She's another two years older and she's three more steps behind. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see or does anybody even know she's going down today? Under the shadow of our people, all the lost and lonely people, searching for the hope that turns away you and me. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see Shelter in the 
Driving that Friday on the way to Cincinnati on a slow I couldn't see. Going home to see your mama and her daddy with the baby in the backseat. Fifty miles to go, you was running a little. Baby, got me. It's been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind and she didn't pay attention. She was going away too fast. Before she knew it, she was sitting on a thin black sheet of glass. She saw both her lap flash before her eyes. She didn't even have time to cry. She was gone. She threw her hands up in the air. She's a
classes. So you got lofty teachers, lofty preachers, lofty steeples. These are churches. And all they do is got all these auxiliary. And you know that that's the way they run the church. They got auxiliary this, auxiliary that. Yeah. Well, within all these auxiliaries, they still got hurting peoples. That's true. So what you got? Hurting teachers teaching hurting peoples. Mm-hmm. And where is the watchman that's standing and said, hey, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that. No, 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 no. All of us are created equal. And we need to get equality in the churches. So we're going to talk this morning, amen, about that. Guess what? I'm so glad you're here, amen, and bring some others because we are living in the last days, and we need the word from God. And as God, we came out of the book of Ezekiel, and we were talking about how that God told Ezekiel, this is the word you're going to speak, and this is what you're going to speak. So he has given the watchman a word to speak. And the word of God just went on and on and on. And here we are now in the in the last dispensation. And the same word that read to the to the apostles back, you know, uh, ages ago, it's the same word because we see the same sign that's happening. Or maybe somebody was a, a prophet and they foresaw the future. He, James, you know, Ezekiel, you know, Paul and John. You know, uh, you know they foresaw the future, so they they uh, 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 they spoke it and they penned it in the book. And now here we are. If we was to go to Revelation 13 chapter, it'll sound like 9/11 because it said the merchant city. They were crying, Alice, Alice, the great city has fallen, and the merchant stood for all. So Japan and all these other uh, 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 countries that was sitting uh, 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 that was using the port of uh, New York. They couldn't come into the port, so they stood out, and they looked, and they saw the World Trade Center. And it's written in your Bible this morning. Nothing happened without God knowing. Luke 21 spoke about Luke 21, it spoke about August the 25th. I'm not going to go into it, but it, it talked about Luke, uh, Luke 21, 25, and the seas will be raging. Luke 21, 26, it said, and man's heart was for fear of, of, of what was coming up on earth. And all that happened. August the 21st, we were looking at the solar eclipse. Luke 21, 25, it says that, and and, and and that will be signs and the stars and the moons and the sun. So how much more do we need to, uh, for, um, for, for, for things to line up according to the word to even bleed? And that's why the, the Pharisees were the way they were, because they knew and they believed, but they were just trying to get people to go into a doubt and unbelief with them. So we got a lot of people and preachers and these people, they're trying to get you to be lost just like they are because they know they're going to go to hell. These Pharisees commanded Jesus, Luke 23. They commanded him, tell us, Matthew 24, tell us when the end going to come. Mm-hmm. And Jesus told them, and I want you all to listen to what he told them because I know your preacher ain't broke it down to you, and I'm going to pass it on over, amen, to our young prophet, amen, and you know him, amen. Uh, Jesus told them, 
He said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Observation means to observe. It will not be like looking at the solar eclipse, for if you look at that day, you will look no more. That's what he was telling them. You have to be able to understand these scriptures. So that's why God has put forth his watchmen and his prophets to break the scriptures down. Amen. So we're going to allow the man of God to open up in prayer this morning and to open us up unto uh, the second chapter. Jane, beware of personal, personal favoritism. Amen. And the end of what I was just saying here about uh, uh, Jesus when he told them they won't come with observation, he turned around and then told them the kingdom of God is within. So I want you to think about Matthew, the sixth chapter. Heaven coming to earth, the will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So all that lets you know right there that the kingdom of God is within. How can you produce what's not inside of you? So we the watchmen here, we're trying to get you to break, you know, understand the scriptures so that as we try and do what God is saying, I mean, I don't know, but I know he's telling me how to do this word this morning. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give it to the amen, our prophet, and uh, he's going to take it from here. Amen. 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 Oh, thank God. Amen. So, <clears throat> exhortation of his word amen thank you for his wisdom and his knowledge this morning and uh working on how to perfect that which concerns him amen according to his word amen uh how can we know how to want to be like him or be a, be about his business if we don't know what his word says amen so we must understand first what it is he's telling us through his word and how to properly apply it to our lives amen uh thank god this morning uh <clears throat> for my father amen robert the Apostle Anderson, I'm his son, Adam. Call me, brother, brother Adam, brother Adam Anderson. Um, <clears throat> I just thank God this morning for just uh, being in the midst, amen, and uh, being able to be in a position, amen, to be around my father at this time, and amen, I thank God for uh, the many things that come in my life, amen, to make me better and to make everyone better, amen. Is this the times that things come, the problems come in our life, amen, we look at them as problems instead of, teaching points and learning points in our life that God brings us to, amen, to make us wiser, to make us stronger, amen, to not scare us away, amen, but only to make us wiser and stronger by going through them, amen. So I thank God for his wisdom and for his knowledge, amen. That's higher than mine, higher than my understanding, amen. Somebody that I can look to, amen, that's uh, higher than me. So, amen, we're going to pray this morning, and we're going to go into uh, the first scripture we're going to be reading out of is James 2. Amen. Talking about partiality, amen, and how we should treat one another. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning. We come before your presence, Lord, just saying thank you, Lord, not begging or pleading for anything, Lord God, but we just ask, Lord God, that you have your way in our lives, Lord, that you shine, that your light be seen, Father, that we don't lift up ourselves, Lord God, that we put you to the forefront of our lives this morning, that you... Um, <clears throat> be the image that we portray in our daily lives. Lord, we ask that you, uh, Father, begin to uh, decrease in us and <clears throat> let us increase more of you, less of ourselves and more of you. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Let us, Father, God, continue to be beacons of light, Father God, to people in this dark world, oh God, the darker it gets, oh God, the more our light must shine, oh God, that men may see your, your good works, Father God, and glorify you that is in heaven, Lord. 
Father God, we ask you, O oh God, that we lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset us, O oh God. Father God, let us run this race with patience, O oh God, that is set before us. Father God, we ask you, O oh God, Father God, that to continue to lift you up, lift your name on high, O oh God, in every aspect of our lives, O oh God. Whether we going down in the in the pit, O oh God, or whether we coming up on the mountaintop, O oh God, you say, Father God, in everything, give thanks, O oh God, for, for the food on our table, O oh God, and even to the job, job that we have, or even the income that we may have. Father God, we just thank you this morning, O oh God. Father God, we're not begging and pleading, oh God. We know you say, Father God, you know everything, Father God, before we ask it, oh God. So, Father God, we just say bless your name this morning. We say, Barakatah, Father God. We bless your name on high this morning, oh God. You're Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, oh God. We just praying, Father God, over the various lives today, Father God. Uh, we're asking for uh, uh, <clears throat> Sister Charlie, Father God, and her family, oh God. Father God, that's going through in this hour, oh God. They're dealing with affliction, Father God. They're dealing with... Father God, great blood loss, Father God, that's dealing with, Father God, mental instability, oh God, as far as, Father God, the early stages of all time, oh God, we know that these are nothing, Father God, but attacks from the enemy, oh God, that these don't come from you, oh God, but these are attacks on the enemy and the people, oh God, oh God, we praying health, strength, oh God, wisdom and understanding in this hour, oh God, we rebuke the devour for your sake, oh God, Father God, we ask you, oh God, that you lift them up in their mindsets, oh God, that you begin to, Father God, begin to open their eyes and their ears unto you, oh God, let it be more fasting and praying in this hour, oh God, now not so much eating and drinking, Father God. We know that that's helpful for the body, but God, we know for once we decrease, once we begin to take away, Father God, like Christ fasted in Luke's fourth chapter, Lord God, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Lord God. Father God, but yet he was led out to the wilderness to be tempted of the, of the devil, Lord God. Father God, let us begin to fast and, Father God, begin to take off things of this flesh, Lord God, take off the, the love and the, <clears throat> the lust of the world, Lord God. We just bless your name this morning, Father God. We calling on your strength for the family, Lord God. Calling on your understanding, Father God. Calling on your wisdom. Calling on your love. Calling on, Father, everything that you have for us in this hour, Lord God. Even if it's to go through, Lord God, because we know only on, when we're going through, Lord God, that's the only way we can come out, Lord God. We must go through in order to come out, Father God. There's no other way around it. No other way, Father God, to climb over it, oh God. But we must go through it, Lord God. But we understand that patience have a perfect work that we may be desiring one and nothing, oh God. So we know that when we go through and we're patient in the process, oh God, you're perfecting us, oh God. Only through the go-through do we get perfection, oh God. Only when you refine us in a fire, Father God, as gold is refined, Father God, the impurities begin to come out, oh God. So we just thank you this morning, oh God. We thank you for the callers on the line, oh God. But anything that they need in their life, oh God, Father God, any understanding in this hour, Father God, anything that, any direction, Father God, they need to go, Lord God, we pray that your confirmation come upon them, oh God, that your word begin to lead and guide them to all truth this morning, oh God. Father God, we praying, oh God, and we rebuking the, the revival for their sakes, oh God. Father God, we praying life, health, strength, Father God, to the bones, oh God. Father God, we praying, oh God, new wisdom, new increase, Father God, new finances, oh God, we Praying that you making a whole renewal of the mind and of the heart and of the spirit, oh God. Make us over again, oh God. We just thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Father God, we just thank you in all these things we ask. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to James, the second chapter this morning. James 2, and we're going to start at verse 1. Amen. Talking about partiality, which is basically favoritism, according to the scriptures, and how we as a people of God, <clears throat> we deal with that even in the church and even among our family, but James is beginning to expound on this very topic and begin to show us how we should deal with one another, amen, concerning partiality. Verse 1, my brethren, 
do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with partiality. For if there should come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring, amen, with a gold ring and fine apparel, and there should be also come in a poor man with filthy clothes. Amen. So we see the man of God, James, is having is drawing a comparison here, giving an example of showing partiality. And the story begins and begins with a man who comes in with a gold ring and who's dressed all nice. You know, we could say in modern terms, you know, he got some jewelry on and you know, he got his three piece suit on, he looking nice. And you got another man who walked in off the street, probably from under the freeway, but he's trying to get to the service. You know, he he wanna come in and hear the word. But he not dressed too kind, and you know he he might have a little stench on him, and you know might smell like a little bit, and uh you know that's the setup of the story. So let's read more and let's get more context. Okay, verse three. <clears throat> and the poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there and sit here at my footstool. Hmm. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So James is beginning to talk about, and in your head, when you begin to see these two things, which is which is natural, which us being human, when you see someone dressed pretty nice, you think they might have a little money and they have a little education and they, you know, they had themselves well put together. Then you see somebody else, you know, they you might think they might be a little bit off their rocker. I mean, they might be a little crazy, you know, might be might have a early stages of all time or, you know, they all kind of things come in your head when you see people who might not be dressed as nice as the man that's in the suit with the ring and the jewelry on. So he's saying in your mind, you already showing partiality. That's where it already starts. It don't start with you um, <clears throat> saying, hey, sit right here or, hey, brother, you sit over there. The first thing you think about is, hey, this person is is well-dressed, so he must have his life in order. The other person, uh, he, he, you know, he, he really don't have too much going on or, he must have lost everything he had or he going through hard times in his life. And so you that's how you begin to set a partiality and it starts in your mind. Amen. And you begin to act it out and then you begin to act on that impartiality and you begin to separate the two. Right. Hold hold that thought. Something just come to my mind. What you're saying is he came searching for what they had within them. Like Captain mm. Ground said. Mm. That's Brown said that they come to the steeple so that they can try to be part of, you know, that's try right. to get right. Mm -hmm. So the man came in there, you know what I'm saying, with dirty clothes on, because that's where you come to get clean, right? That's right. But what did they do? Just like Cassie Brown said, mm -hmm. they got lofty classes, so they just put him in the class. You sit there while that's I put it. my foot on you. That's it. He told the one man, you sit here in the good seat. Like I, I gave an example uh, this past week on, I believe it was Tuesday. Uh, you, a person, um, let's say in most, and in some of these churches I've seen, a person just, they might be visiting or, or a new member come in and, you know, he come into church, he's nicely dressed in a, you know, nice suit and tie, and he might give a good offering, you know, he might got a good job and he paying, you know, the tithes and they, you know, don't know nothing about this man. He might know a few scriptures and, you know, he hasn't thoroughly been tested, but immediately they say, hey man, you know what, come on the front row, man, sit right here. Hey, man, you're you going to be the deacon now. You, you didn't give this man a title. You didn't give him a name. You didn't give him everything. You didn't tell him, hey, sit right here, bro. And you don't know you don't know nothing about this man. Oh, you know, he might know a few. And sometimes that'd be the trick of the devil. 
Cause he get in the prayer room, he get on the treasure. He sit beside the pastor. The pastor start taking information from him mm-hmm. because he's yeah yeah he's very cunning. You understand? Get off and he give a little bit. He's yeah. very cunning, so he's subtle. So he come. And, and Prophet Dixon told me about a man like that. He came. He helped repair the church. He did everything. And all that work. But he was not church. Then about it was an assignment from the hell. That's right. So that's what you talk about this morning. That's right. Amen. The you uh, exactly, and God will cause that to happen in your church also to show you uh, we got to quit showing partiality. God will actually cause that happen to happen in a lot of churches to cause decision because in our mind we're not treating the people of God right according to scripture. We'll show partiality. We do that. So God will bring dissension amongst us. To clear it out. Say, nah, this is not where it's supposed to be. This is not where God house supposed to run. This is not scripture at all. So as soon as we show partiality, God will cause that to happen in, in ministry. That's why you hear about these preachers and the church getting torn in pieces and the, the saints, they split this way and they some following him, some going after the bishop on his, down the street at Hickory Nugget Shady Grove. So God will cause this dissension in the ranks to, to come when we begin to have partiality amongst each other. And you'll leave the, the poor man, the scripture said, let's catch that, what he did to the poor man. He gave the, the rich man or, the you know, the nice-looking man the seat, you know, on the front row, per se. And he, and he told the the poor man, he said, you sit here in a good place, which is the good, which was the, the man that looked good, and said to the poor man, you stand there. He said, man, you stand over there in the corner. You, you, you're good. Stand right there. Or sit here in my footstool. If you know what a footstool is, that's something you prop your foot up on. That's something when you, you know, your feet hurting or whatever, and you had a long day of work, and you'll sit your feet up on that little, that little stool or up on that little ottoman to rest your feet. And he told her, hey, man, come sit here at my footstool. That means you lower than me. That, that's a clear distinction of separation. Like, hey, man, you're not worthy of even standing next to me. Come sit here at my footstool. Get down low. So, that, that's the partiality that God is talking about through James. That's called, that's in the church. He ain't talking to some, you know, people that don't understand the word of God or the concepts or the laws of God. He's talking to people who firmly understand how scripture works and how we should carry it out. Yeah. He's talking about his people. He's talking about us. And that's how the churches are. So, so James is only doing this to set correction in the church. Because all the dissension, that's not of God. So he coming to set order by the spirit of the most high. So he getting things in order and showing us that we got to quit the partiality, amen, in the church. So we're going to read on a little bit more. That's fine. Okay. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? See that? You say you already, you started judging in your mind. Partiality is part of judging people. That's what we do in our mind. When you see somebody that's nicely dressed, immediately you have a perception about that person. You begin to judge that person you don't even know him. You start thinking, oh, this man, got a, he got a good car. I bet he got, uh, he, he probably got him a nice family, a nice house. You, you don't know, this man might probably came out of a shoebox, but he put on a suit. But that's the concepts and the perception that comes in our mind, like the, like the old, uh, the old proverbs say perception is reality. You know, you might, you don't go to your job <clears throat> or the job you got. You don't come in there when you, in the interview. You don't come in there dressed up like a hobo. You come in there dressed up in a nice suit. You try to, you know, put your presentation out there first and be, and show that, hey, you know, I'm worthy of this job. 
So certainly we carry those same concepts even in the church. I'm worthy to be in here. But the church is not your job. The church is a whole other setting besides your job. So it's a whole other set of rules that apply to the church than it do when you go to your job. But we get those two mixed up. We think we can come to our job the same way we come to our church, come to church. Not saying that God wants us to dress like hobos, no. But in our mind, we must understand that God accepts all people. He might not, you don't have to come in dressed up in a three-piece suit. God can use you in your coveralls and your boots. It don't matter. But yes, when you begin to come in more and more, God will begin to show you, I want you to dress up like royalty. I want you to look that way. But when you're coming in, you might not have all of that. You might, you know, you might not be working uh, uh, to bring in that type of money to get those type of things. But your mindset, when you begin to mature in God and no longer babe, you'll begin to understand, hey, you know what, God wants me to come in looking a little better. I want to present myself a body, a living sacrifice. I want to look, I want to look like his child. But when you start now, you humble. You you taking what you have and you begin to present yourself as you are to him. And God will begin to work on you and perfect that. See, we got it all wrong. We think we're supposed to come in perfected. You're supposed to come in looking a certain way. Come in, you know, with with all the money in the world and in the bank and we put on a facade. That's what's wrong with the church. We come in and we got clicks in the church. You got the AKAs over here, you got the deltas, you got the uh the drummers that and the and the musicians that's over here. You know, you got the mothers over there, and then you got the man that walk in, and I've been a part of churches like that. I walk in, and I go sit in the back, or I sit like in the, you know, in the middle or something. And I, the whole time, though, after the church and everything, I'm walking out the church, and nobody say nothing. Hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, I saw you walk in. Nice to meet you. Everybody about themselves. Why? Because it's partiality in the church. They, everybody see me walk in, and there's plenty of members. But guess what? Everybody concerned with what they got going on. They're not concerned about God or his people. Because I could have been a man that walked in there, was ready to give up, to, to kill myself or anything. But guess what? I walked in and I walked right out. And nobody was able to say anything to me. Why? Because it's partiality. They look at me. They might see me. Oh, he ain't worthy to be here. Or, uh, you know, he's just another whatever. You fill in the blank. And that's the way our minds are. And God's going to clean our minds up today to know that we shouldn't show partiality. Amen. Um, <clears throat> let's read at verse uh, verse 5. Listen, my beloved brother, have not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs to the kingdom? See that? He said God chose. He chose the poor of this world. I'm not saying God don't use rich people, but guess what? He preferred the poor of this world. Why? Because when Christ came on the scene, what, what, was he rich? He came in a manger. He came lowly. And when they said, hey, should anything come from Bethlehem? But Bethlehem was the hood. That was that was the streets. There was roughnecks that came up in Bethlehem. It, it wasn't no, you know, it wasn't no, uh, uh, no punks that came out of there. Christ came up tough. His whole life, that's where he was from. And God, God resides with us as a people because we come from a lowly state. And nobody shows us, everybody shows impartiality to us as a people. Look around on the news. Look everywhere. We get the impartiality as a nation of people. But guess what? We take it and do it to each other, and we don't even know it. We think we're doing God's business because it's done to us, and we do it to everybody else. But that's not the way God wants us to be. If God chose us, he don't want us to take on the spirit of impartiality. Because guess what? Christ was chosen, and he came up 
he came up, amen, in the, in the state and in the town he was from. Amen. And that side, that, and he, when he came up on the scene, it was the Romans running the scene. If you don't know who the Romans are, they're the same people that's running the society in America today. today. So the same way it was when Christ came on the scene is the same way now. It was oppression when Christ came up. Because guess what? They tried to kill him. Because guess what? Prophecy, they began to hear prophecies of him. He was beginning to come in that time. And guess what? Herod went to kill all of the firstborn uh, two years and under. Why? To try to stop the man that was chosen, who was poor. But guess what? He was very rich in faith. Christ was rich in faith. You couldn't wait for Christ. Because why? He was the chosen one. And guess what? His people also were chosen. Amen. So we understand when you come up from humble beginnings, you are the, you were chosen of Christ. But guess what? It's easy for a rich person to fix a lot of their problems. Because guess what? You got money. When you got money, you can throw it at just about anything. The scripture even tell you money answer it all things. But it also says money also can be the root of all evil. So when you have money, a lot of your problems, your financial, most of your problems are financial. If you look at them, I got to go to the doctor. Well, if you got money to pay to go to the doctor, well, you know, I only have to worry about that. I can get the medicine. But guess what? When you poor but rich and fade, Lord, I might not have that. Lord, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, this, this medicine, Lord. You'll send somebody your way off. Oh, it's already paid, man. I'm here to take your medicine. And you're looking like, God, how did that happen? Guess what? Because you're rich in faith. You don't have the money the rich man do. So God, you see the impartiality even in society, he'll bless you because you're rich in faith. He said he already chose you. You might not have the money in the bank the rich man do. You can't sit in the same place the rich man do. You can't go sit in the house in the Congress. They look at you like, ah, oh, you, no, -uh. You can't go to the fancy restaurants. You can't sit in those good places. But guess what? God will bless you right there where you at because he chose you. And guess what? And some of us, if we do get those riches, we'll leave God. God know we're not ready for those riches. So God, even in God, has a balance. That's not even partiality with him. Amen. So let's read on. Listen, my beloved brethren, had not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs to the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. See that? We say you dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you in the courts. See, even in, even in James' day, when you weren't able to pay your bills, they brought you to court. Uh, he laid on the, he, he been late for, for, for a whole year. Or uh, uh, they kicking your family out, you know, they we evicting you. They they were doing that even in James Day. You you short. We ain't nothing I can do. I, you know, I, I got my hands tied and well, we see the same thing today. Impartiality. When you can't meet the end or you can't meet that quota or you can't pay your bills on time, they bring you in court. They ain't trying to get none of that. They want their money. Same thing in John in James time was the same thing going on now. It's still going on. In James He's he coming through the ranks to, to begin to break up that monotony and tell us, lead it. no, that impartiality is not a God. Amen. Do they not blaspheme the noble name by which you are called? He said, because you chose and God chose you by them doing that to you. They blaspheming God. By them doing those things to you, being the chosen people of God, being, amen, chosen because you're rich in faith and you love by God. They coming under scrutiny, and God going to deal with them for blaspheming you. Amen. 
For whosoever keep the whole law, hold on, let's, let's back it up a little bit. You shall, <clears throat> yeah, verse 8, if ye really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. So that's even in the law. James is James not holding the New Testament when he's talking. He, they, the only thing they had to read was the old, was the so-called Old Testament, which was the book of the law and the prophets. And even in this, even what James is speaking on, he's speaking on what was uh, already spoken by the prophets and by the <clears throat> by Moses. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You say you do well if you do that. If you love your if you love your neighbor as yourself, even if your neighbor's a poor man, you love him like you love your own self. You ain't gonna take your own self to court. You're not gonna take this man to court. You're gonna give us some time. Now we understand that people using you to get over and you know keep pushing the date back back forth. Yeah, you gotta hey man, come on, you gotta pay up. But if you know this man, he doing diligently, or this woman trying diligently to to, to hold up their end of the bargain, and you know they might be poor. And we see that all over America. We see that in in Flint. Well, you got the rich people, the so-called officials, who already knew that the pipeline in Michigan, in Flint, Michigan, was already was already damageable. They knew the type of chemicals that was already in the pipe, and the pipe was already uh, <clears throat> was already weak, the type of pipe that they went to, because they left the natural uh, type of pipes that they already used that would last a lot longer and things like that. So they was trying to be cheap, and they went and started using these uh, a lot, a little smaller pipes, and the pipes wasn't as durable. So over a period of time, they begin to corrode. And then what? By them being cheap, and they already knew it, these pipes would last like five or ten years. And by corroding, that's what they get that colored water from. But guess what? And now they 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 commanding these people to pay these high, insatiable bills. I I looked on the news, and this lady, her bill was like $20,000, $18,000. Who going to pay $18,000? And they, they seriously bringing this woman to court, and they how you gonna bring me to court when the water is not even uh, drinkable? I can't even drink it. People are dying. People are getting uh, hepatitis. People get all kind of diseases from drinking this water. But you taxing me and you telling me I gotta pay the bill. How can I pay a bill on something I can't even drink? I can't even use it, but just because it's coming through my system and it is, it's, and you telling me it's, it's safe. To drink. They begin to tell these people after they they did some type of work on it eventually. And they and the water even lightened up a little bit, but it was still brown. And they're telling people it's safe to drink. It's safe to drink. But these are the people that are, you know, these people are good people if they pass in laws. These are the rich, you know, these are the people who have a little money, these people who, you know, who, who are higher in society. And they're passing it off on these people, on the lowly people, on the, on the poor people. The water is safe for the drink. And the reason they're telling them that is because they want their money. When you begin to tell them that that water is safe for the drink, that means that they're able to use the water. So you did have people that tried the water, but they still broke out, you know, still had different cancers they were suffering from, children throwing up, dealing with all these diseases through the water. But guess what? They wanted that money. They were taxing. They were they was taxing the people of God, the poor people. And they already knew that water wasn't good for use. So that's the same way they dealt with in, in the Bible. They, that's the same way uh, James was talking about. Amen. Um, verse nine. But if you show show partiality, you commit sin. Mm -hmm. See, that's the thing. We think when we when we judge a person in our mind, and we don't even think it's judging. When you see somebody, and you already have a perception of them in your brain. Or uh, they might be there. So that's a that's a part of judging somebody. 
And then guess what? You will begin to act on that perceived notion. You think that you'll walk up to them, hey, bro, how you doing, man? You looking good. And this man might be a mass murderer. You don't even sit back and discern a brother, watch him or nothing. You just go straight up to him. Hey, man, come on over here with us. You know? You don't even discern the man. But we jump straight to conclusions and we begin to put ourselves in, in circles and begin to gather him and bring him in, thinking he's going to do us, you know, uh, good. Well, he might be there to cause us all kind of wickedness and hurt. So that's what partiality causes. We commit sin when we do that. We, we think it's harmless. Why could every my, my grandma went to church, and that's how everybody was. When when brother so-and-so came in, he was dressed up. He had a nice little suit on, and they made him deacon, and he had a good offering. So that's the monotony that, that kept going and getting passed on from generation to generation. So we don't think it's judging. We don't think it's a sin. But James coming to tell you that what you're doing is a sin today. Amen. And I thank God because he even convicted me because that's something that I was brought up on, going to these churches. That's what people do. But but James like, nah. And when you begin to examine the text, you're like, man, I got to, man, I'm, I'm, I'm off the beaten path. I'm not even doing right. And that's what the scriptures do is to convict you. When you when you when they're showing you your error, that means you got to correct your error. It's not for you to get mad and try to justify it when the word simply tells you that you just committed sin. So we're going to tell God that it ain't sin. We got to correct our ways, amen? Amen. <clears throat> For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and then yet in stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. You know, you say when you're following God's law, and you break one part of it, you just broke the whole thing. That's just like if you speed, you speeding down the road, and uh, the cops see you, what you do, you just broke the law. The law that was set up for a reason, why? For confines, for... So if you speeding, everybody else speeding, there's going to be more crashes, there's going to be, uh, you know, high death mortality in the U.S. or wherever you are. So that's laws in place. Why? To cause structure. But you'll also have a thing called grace. Now, if you, you know, you're not out there breaking the law, you don't intentionally try to go against God and his word, but you have a heart to want to do his word, he'll give you a thing called grace. Now, grace isn't a, a, a period for you to sit in and be like, this is why I'm going to stay here. Grace is only a allotment of time. To get yourself together, like okay, I see the well, I see the law, but I have grace as well. I understand what God is telling me I have to do, but if I fall short in that, I have grace to grab me. You know, grace is that officer that's giving you that, that that's not writing me that ticket when you broke the law. That's what grace is. Grace is the cop coming to tell you, hey, hey, slow down, now. I'm gonna give you a warning. That's grace. Grace is only a warning to tell you to get on the right path. And that's following God's commandments, his word. That don't mean you, you tiptoe in and out. That's what repentance come in at. Repentance is to come forth to God and admit you're wrong. Say, I've been running the stoplight. Say, <clears throat> I, may, I may have been lying on my brother. I may have been doing these things. I may have been biting, backbiting against my sister and my brother. I may have been a terror bearer, a gossiper. I may be, I may be in committing fornication, but in my heart, I acknowledge and I see that sin that I've done, and I, re, I repent unto you. And that means turn from your wicked ways. That means go the opposite way. They don't go the same way your sin is. That means do it. That means turn around and go the other way. So when you get that warning from the cop, which is Christ who came, he came to give warning. He ain't come to give judgment. He just come to hey, let you know. Like he told the woman that, that was caught in the act, what he tell her? He told her when they brought him, they, they brought her like she was, 
you know, she 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 like she was just out out all off the wall, all off the scene. But Christ came, he's like, hey, go and see him no more. Cause they was with an hey, man, this is what the law say, what the law say. Well, you say if that's bring the other person too, what he at? Why he just bringing her? Both of them was in the act. So Christ was wise. He he understood the law. Christ was <clears throat> he understood everything about the law. So when people try to bring you up in jury and trial and bring you up on charges, guess what? Grace is there. Grace is not immediately judgment, but grace is only a warning and a, uh, <clears throat> a help to get you to understand what the law is and the parameters. Because sometimes when I was, for example, I was driving down 45 in, in Houston, Texas. So I, mean, I don't know if any of y'all, uh, I, I see if you're familiar with that road, but it's on the north end of Houston going out toward Conroe. And uh, I was in the uh, HOV lane. High occupancy vehicle lane. That means when you got more than two people or more than one person in your vehicle. But they have stripes <clears throat> stripes in that lane to bury yourself from the other parts of the road. It's not like a long uh, wall that divides you from <clears throat> the other traffic that's on the other side. But it's only two strips that divide the other four lanes. So I'm riding in this lane, but I got over. I got over out of that lane, but got, I crossed those two strips. So I seen the cops, so I'm like, okay, I'm good. I ain't, you know, I ain't tripping. I'm doing my thing. I went over to let somebody else, because they was <clears throat> flying behind me, and I got over to let them pass me. And then I got over into the lane, and the cop immediately, whoop, he hit me. I was like, okay, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So I pull all the way over to the right, to, you know, to get out <clears throat> the way and out of traffic. So the cop came up to the window and told me, hey, man, uh, you crossed in and out of the HOV lane. I said, yeah, I was letting the car, you know, pass me. He said, you know you broke the law, right? I was like, nah, I didn't even know that was a law. Hey, I thought I was doing the right thing. But he began to explain to me, no, sir, when you see them two, two strips, sir, that means you stay in that lane to that lane in. And when you see those dotted strips, that's when you're able to cross over. Now when it's two straight strips going down the lane, I'm like, okay. So he began to teach me what the law was. So that's what Christ was. When you begin to read this scripture and Christ begin to tell you certain things to do, you might have thought you was doing the right thing. But guess what? Christ came to give you clarification on what you should and what you shouldn't be doing. Because if, if, if that woman, when she was caught in the very act, he would be like, hey, why y'all ready to stone this woman? She didn't do nothing wrong, but Christ didn't say that. He told her, go and sin no more. Because when you understand what that is, as far as I think Luke the 8th chapter, we talk about sin is a transgression of the law. That's when you be, that's what sin is. When you break God's word, his commandments. So I didn't understand what it, you know, what the law was at that time. I thought I was doing the right thing. But when he broke it down to me and I, I came in understanding, guess what? Now when I see them strips, okay, now I gotta stay in this lane or either wait till I see those dotted strips and I'm able to cross into the lane. That's what Christ came to do to give us our understanding and how to keep his keep his word. Not to fall under grace. Oh, I got grace. I got this. I got no. Because eventually, if after grace is what judgment. So grace is only an arrow to point you in the direction on how to get that stay in line with God's word. That's all grace is. Grace is an arrow that's gonna point you to His word and to keep His commandments. Now we understand that when God begin to give us that arrow or the direction we should go in, that don't mean we stay in God's grace. Because Paul said. I believe in Romans the sixth six chapter. What shall we say then? Uh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Even Paul say, "Well, we're gonna continue to do sin because we in grace." 
She's a man, God forbid that. What we look like? God didn't come for us to just, oh, I'm going to sit here right here in grace and let it rock me to sleep. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm free to do whatever I want. No. Even Paul said, no, sir, we, we don't come. God didn't come for that kind of show. Hallelujah. How he looked like the one that, that was without sin going to allow you to continue to stay in sin. What did he die for then? So we can be free from it and not commit it over and over again. Because the scriptures say when we do that, we, we crucify him again. I know it's a little hard for some of us to die, but that's just the way, that's the, the uh, actuality of the word. That's the way God is, is bringing us to, to him today. The reason why the word is so hard for him to really comprehend is because some of the uh, leaders themselves, mm -hmm. they really don't understand the scripture. Right. So if they don't understand the scripture, then they don't have God's spirit. They are under the law. Mm -hmm. The Bible said a lot of killing. You understand? And the spirit give you life. So all of these churches that refused the apostle help, you know, the apostle was set forth in the body. You know, he's, that's why he said members of his body. He was talking about the body. Mm -hmm. You know, he said he said, you know, in place, the apostle, the pastor, and the evangelist, and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many of the evangelists right now and ministers and pastors, they won't let them come and preach because they have God's anointing, you see? See, they have God's anointing. They have that thing that's going to come out. they like Ezekiel. They're like Jeremiah. God speak through them. Mm -hmm. So as the Most High began to speak through these individuals, like you and whosoever will, want to be used of the Most High, mm -hmm. you have to surrender. So these people are surrendered to God. God is speaking to them. They're standing up speaking to the people. But the person that's in charge of the sanctuary of the steeple, they won't allow them, you know, and that's just partiality. And that's why, you know, the Holy Spirit said he's not going to let, you know, the people that you see that have this knowledge from God, mm -hmm. a lot of them, they don't want to be dressed up mm -hmm. because they don't want to appear to the peoples to be more than them. That's right. Because if you got what I need, you understand me, I'm going to be afraid to approach you because you are high dignitary, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Gary, whatever his name, uh, he, he went to Donald Trump. Everybody trying to bash him. You don't know what God put on that man's heart to do, but that man is considered poor. Even though, you know, you look at him as he had John Osteen Church, you know, a lot of money right now and everything, you understand me? But he don't exert himself and throw himself all up in the air to be, you know, and neither does John Osteen. I mean, hey, all this come with the blessing. All these blessings, you see, that these ministers, that come from carrying God's word. Now, whether they be under the law, judged in the law, it's not my business to put my mouth on them. Mm -hmm. Because if they are leading anybody, you understand me? If they're not doing it God's way, God have a way of cutting them down. So as A.D. said this morning to the people, James is talking about the law. He's talking about favoritism. He's talking about that if you desire to be under the law, so if you turn around and say, you know, uh, we're not under that no more. We're under grace. Sometimes you got it twisted. You're really under the law, and you're just using grace for a name. Because if you be under God's grace this morning, hallelujah, you're not going to run around, you understand me, putting people down. You better not put your mouth on nobody. I don't care if if, if that person out on the street a prostitute. Mm -hmm. that, don't you know that God said in Ezekiel, he said, watchman, I told you to watch. Mm -hmm. You saw the prostitute, and you talked about her. Okay, instead of you 
doing so, you could have waved your hand at her. You could have, you know, anything, bumped your horn at her and smiled. Mm -hmm. Then she might would have feel wonder who that was. So the next time you come, you got to be wise to win souls this morning. Mm -hmm. The next time you come around there, God will put it in her heart, in his heart. That's that man that blowed at me. Now you might have conversation. Then you make and bring that rich person to God. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at wealth in the wrong angle. You're looking at wealth going to come through dollar bills. God wants us to be rich in faith. Mm -hmm. He wants us to stand up. He wants us to stand up and and declare that hey, That's right. I got I got I got this thing locked down on the inside of me, mm -hmm. you know, and I want to give it away. It ain't yours to keep. Ain't that right, Evangelist Mary? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? Yes, we got you. You know, I uh, I just want to add a little bit on that when it says that um um like me, Vanders, you know, I'm I'm not we don't I'm not looked at as being wait let me get this right now um allow you know because there's some people some ministers don't accept women as being in the higher realm as being evangelists as uh, being a minister uh we're shown to a certain degree about that um and and even and i'm talking about me in some churches that i've just really been i guess i would say intimidating because of my anointing that god has blessed me with and that's really been a, that's really been an issue for me, but you know what? I I know that I'm doing what God say do, and that's what I do. Regardless of what people say, I overlook that and pray for them. Not in no one particular person. This has just been throughout my 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 walk of life, you know. And this ring, uh, I just have to continue to stay focused. Don't lose focus. Because when I lose focus, that means I'm going to be liking them. I'm going to miss my blessings. And my goal is not to miss my blessings. My goal is to do God's will and, and stay focused. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to say that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you see more evangelists, you know, prophetess, when, when, you, when, you, when you just keep on, keep it on, because... See, this is what James talking about this morning. They talking about you won't let Evangelist Mary, uh, Mary have a word, but you want to take her money and you want to put her in one of your lofty, uh, 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 lofty meetings. You see, God cast in clouds. Right with what He's singing in that song. He said, uh, 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 "And all these steeple full of lonely people searching for what's locked away in you and I." Mm -hmm. But the man or uh, the woman that is, uh, that the steeple belongs, call itself belongs to. They are uh, um they reject you. See, they reject people that God has sent to help them. You see, but they want to have all these uh auxiliary boards, you know. And they want to try and put you in an auxiliary, you understand know me, something to give you to do so that your anointing will be dormant. But God said, raise my people up and teach them, break this word to them so that they can understand. You understand me? They themselves are living in sin, too. Because if he called you to do a work, and you're not doing the work that he called you to do, and you're sitting down in somebody's steeple this morning, baby, you know you, you, you're you going to be in trouble with the Almighty. Mm -hmm. 
Amen. It ain't nothing wrong. It ain't nothing wrong with sitting sitting in the steeple amongst these lonely people. But it, 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 it ain't nothing you can do to help them. What you there for? Amen. Amen. All this too. You know, come out of that mess. Get up under the apostle doctrine. For every listener on the air, whether you be in Italy, Spain, Japan, wherever you at, mm-hmm. if there ain't no apostle in the church, you just in a steeple full of lonely, hurting people. And that's why the preacher, the pastor, the evangelist of your church, he's not able really to reach the people. So then he have to put on auxiliary boards and stuff to give y'all something to do so y'all can stay around the church so he can have a church. Without the people, he ain't got a church. But the way I see it today, I am the church. Amen. And I'm not lonely. I'm Amen. not lonely. I got a work for God to do. When I get off of this line, I got a work to do. I got a whole world full of lost souls out there just waiting for us to hit that corner up. And they're going to come. They say, how can he heal without a preacher? Uh-huh. And how can he preach without he? Amen. We we got to let Evangelist, Evangelist Neely in here. Amen. Evangelist Neely. Wait a minute. Wait, where is that? Oh, that shield's up there. Evangelist Neely? Yes, sir. How you doing? We, you know what I'm talking about. When you go to the pastor and you tell the pastor, you know, the Lord was speaking to me concerning this, mm-hmm. he put what you've been heard, what you heard from God, he put that on hold. And you ain't told him yet because he ain't listening to you. Uh-uh. Amen. So what do you do? How do we handle this here? Uh-huh. Amen. And then yeah. a lot of people say we going to pray about it. A lot of this is what they this is what this is what the Christians say. We pray and we pray. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. The Bible says pray not for this people. He say pray not. I mean, here I am, sixty years old, and I ain't changed. I'm still messed up. What you oh. praying for? I might want to be messed up. If in 60 years you've been praying for 20 and I'm still messed up, the best thing for you to do, you understand me, is to get your apostle, to get your bishop, and to get the minister and come to me. You already tried to come to me. You understand? You already tried to come. Hallelujah. You have to get help. You have to get help, and the help has to be with an apostle. Amen. I'm not wise. But he sure give me some understanding. Well, I'm eating my own self. I'm opening up my eyes of understanding. He's opening up to so many things. And as I listen to songs like The Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson say, I'm standing and I'm I'm trying to tell this man in this mirror to change his way. So some of us, we need to get in the mirror and listen to Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Michael Jackson can help you this morning. Michael Jackson hey, helped me. He has helped right. me. Michael Jackson said, but Michael Jackson, he, he, he said that he'd been the victim of a foolish sin, a foolish uh-huh. crime. He called it crime. Uh-huh. You know, he turned his face as if he don't see these children hungry in the streets. Amen. Amen. You know Michael Jackson telling people, you understand me, that I'm not paying attention to my wealth anymore. I'm now looking at this man in the mirror. And I'm asking him to change his way. He don't need these drugs. He don't need Michael Jackson did nothing else. He left us with the song. Hey, I'm never in a blue note. It says, wake up. He said, the preacher, all these prophets, 1973, 
The man sung the song in 1973, Teddy Pendergrass, How Melvin and the Blue Note. They came together with that song. Wake up all you people. No more sleeping in bed. No more backwards thinking. Time for thinking ahead. The world has gotten so very cold, messed up, mm-hmm. because we've walked away from God. Amen. You know, I'm glad this morning. I'm so glad this morning. I'm glad for my son. You know, I, I look back and I see him. I was in there and I was cleaning up. And I look back and I saw him standing on Fundren, standing on Fundren and Airport up against the wall. At seven years old, he's standing there. And what was the message I was preaching? You remember what the message was I was preaching that day when you standing on the side of the wall? Mm-hmm. Now, you remember because you told it to me the other day. Oh, what in hell do you want? What in hell do you want? Yeah. What in hell? He was, he was testifying at church uh, about the different places he would go with me in the streets. Mm-hmm. And he was testifying of that one message, what in hell do you want? You know, a message that made the people listen. That's I didn't right. tell Amen. them that came, you know, to heal the sick. They heard that already, but they said, we're still sick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I give them something that's going to make them think that the reason you're still sick is because you ain't changed your ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, Period of grace. This is a period. 
It's not a a a a life whole lifetime or a whole eternity of 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 grace, but it's a time period why to get things right, you know, to get your life in order. That's what that's what the law of liberty is for. The law of liberty is to help you. So we understand when the children of Israel were under the law, they didn't have that grace. They didn't have that liberty. You you committed certain sins. You you did uh, according to Leviticus, you uh, committed homosexual. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you. Uh, committed homosexuality, you were stoned on the spot. What no, hey, hold on, let's let's seek let's seek counsel. Let's let's pray about this. Now they brought you out to the town square and kids, grandma, old Paul, Paul, everybody had a, a rock in their hand. Mm. But guess what? Christ came. And guess what? Mm -hmm. He was that mediator between the most high man. He was like, now nah, mm -hmm. hold on now. We we understand what the law is. We understand that. We understand what you're doing is wrong. But we're gonna give you some time to get it right. You know, we're mm -hmm. not, we not going to say that what you're doing is, is right, but guess what? I'm going to give you that grace. I'm going to give you liberty to get it together. That's why the scripture began to go on to say that there is, how did it go for us? The liberty of, uh, 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 we glorify uh, liberty or, or mercy over judgment. Liberty. I'll tell you right there that mercy dropped over. Yeah, mercy, mercy dropped that, over judgment. That's right. right. Mercy, mercy that's, dropped over judgment. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Mercy triumphed over judgment. See, we thank God. That's the triumph. That's where the happiness. That's where the glory in God comes in. And he stepped in and said, whoa, 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 wait right there. No, 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 no. Withdraw. The same thing with Abraham and Isaac. Mm -hmm. God had so much mercy until judgment. He had judged Abraham. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. That's right. He put Abraham through a test. And in the midst of his test, he said, Hold thy soul. Don't, don't kill your baby. That's right. So mercy triumphed over judgment. It's just like my, I had one of my sons trying to fight me. And you know, it's time to shoot him down. You don't raise your hand up at your daddy. Mm -hmm. But when I took my pistol, and I'm going to tell it worldwide because this stuff happened for real. Mm -hmm. Many, uh, 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 Teddy Pinter, who that uh, killed his daddy. Uh, 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 what's his name? Mark. And another one. Mark, the other one. Mm -hmm. Mark. You see? Because, you know, you just don't do that. The Bible said don't raise your hand up. Yeah, but right. mercy triumphed over judgment oh, for my son. Right. The Lord spoke to me and said, don't shoot your baby down. You don't shoot him down in the street for transgression. So yeah. I, amen, left him. And then he pulled out a knife. And I begged him. See, when the enemy Satan has come in and black, that's why I say, we have got to do something with the spirit of God that is in us. We can't lay it down and leave it and say, well, I'm going to go to the grocery store, but I'm going to be back. No, you better take that with you everywhere you go because you are Amen. a vicious attack. If you can't attack me within your family, Amen. you're going to get attacked without. But I was just on the attack yesterday, day before yesterday, whatever day it was. My son and I, amen, we came under attack to another minister. Mm -hmm. And when the minister yeah. knew that he was wrong, he then tried to apologize. Well, you have to hurt his down. I accept the apology, but I'll never get caught up again in that same trick bag with him. Amen. Amen. And know that he has given you mercy all the time when you you've been see you've been looking for a place to, to fit in. You're not gonna find nowhere to fit in. 
God said, use without anyhow. You ain't within. You without. Because he called you to do a work. You're supposed to be getting the church filled. Amen. We are builders. And the word of God will correct us when we're wrong. So he was saying that mercy triumphed when I should have been judged. Mm-hmm. Mercy. And then the word of God said, as you would that men should do unto you. Do you even also unto them, for this is the law and the prophet, Matthew 7 and 12. So the word of God this morning is talking to you. The word of God is talking to you. And I got to give it back to AD because this is program this morning. But, you know, you fool. You all, y'all fool this morning. That's why I open the lines up. So when you when you want to inject something, you can say, uh, let, me, let, let me inject something on that. And that's what, that's what that's what we're supposed to do. We ain't supposed to be running the show over here. We ain't got no show to run now. It takes all of us to get the show on the road. So let's get this show on the road. Go ahead, AD. Hey, man, it's very profound what my dad's saying. And, uh, you know, one of my brothers, this is not a first-time occurrence. It's been like since he was been coming up 15. Uh, he always, you know, been in it with my dad and rebelled and wanted to fight him, you know. And, uh, you know, that that's just something. He got a bad deal with, you know, because his life won't be long according to the scriptures. You know, no matter how much you're going to pray and do, God already told you, a disobedient child, well, we all know that scripture. You know, Amen. you ain't going to do all the grace in the world, God already told you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and things happen. You know, he, he got stabbed in the neck after, you know, the, the young prophet, my younger, one of my younger brother told him. He a prophet. Now, he may live a life that ain't according to the Bible, but God still, his gift is without repentance. So God's gift is on his life. And my brother seen it, the young prophet, he about 25 now, 24, and told my brother, hey, you, something going to happen to you. You 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 doing wrong and you going against that. And two days later, he got stabbed in the neck. This the young prophet. Yeah, the prophet is on his life. He ain't living nothing. But but God still got his gift on him because God's going to call him. We, we we know a couple people that got that gift on them, but they might not be living them. But guess what? God used him in that time to say, hey, man, you better get it right, bro. Two days Amen. later, boom, in the mix. Went to the hospital. About to lose his life. Mm-hmm. And we got we're going to elaborate on that with some scripture. Because <clears throat> in the book of the law, where we, where we see judgment as, as occurring, see, my father, if we was <clears throat> under the law and not grace, we're in the grace period. We're not under the law, so God give us time to get it right. We're going to read what would happen to children who was rebellious. We're going to read Deuteronomy Go into the book of Deuteronomy, the 21st chapter. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 21, and we're going to pick up at verse 18. We're going to read that what happened to children in, 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 in the prophets and the uh, uh, the men of God time. When, when children disobeyed and when they rebelled against their fathers and mothers, we're going to read what happened to them. And we understand that, oh, man, we glad grace came because, boy, there would be a lot of children out here slain. Amen. We thank God for his grace. Amen. Deuteronomy 21 and 18. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father. You see that? We talking about yeah. the rebellious children or the voice of his mother. You don't want to hear your mama or your daddy. You just, you just a rebel out here. And yeah. who, yeah. when they have. And who had, when you when you done when you didn't whoop them you did everything you can do with this child. He say when you chastising him, he will not heed them. He don't care what you say, what you do. He still ain't listening. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city. 
He bringing them out to the wise men. Hey, you know what I did? All I can do with them. I didn't pay. I didn't pay this way. I didn't put. I put clothes on the back, shoes on his feet. I didn't fed him. I, I I didn't took care of him. He came up against me, against his father. He fight us. He don't listen. Let, let's see what happened. In, let's see what happened when they brought him to the elders. He brought him to the elders of the city, to the gate. So they brought him out in the open to the to the gate of the city. That's where everybody coming in. At. See, you do your, you do. They did they dirt to their mom and daddy, but then they went on and brought it on night. Yeah, yeah. And they still say to the elders of his city, the son of ours is stubborn. I mean, this son of ours, man, he don't want to hear nothing. And rebellious, he will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard, man. This man, all he want to do is eat and drink. He get drunk, foul out. He don't want to hear nothing. Then all the men of this city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put him away. The evil among you and all Israel shall hear and fear. So we see what that act was. We see by them doing that, all the other children were like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it right, Dad. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm, I'm sorry. They they want no grace and mercy for none of that. They weren't they weren't putting up with that. Amen. So we see that that's why Christ came. Christ like man, I don't you know, I, I got I gotta bring grace to this thing. Help to help these children get it together because under the old law, hey, these children were getting stoned. They they did the parents getting tired. They getting weary. You wearing them out, and they took them to the elders of the city, and the elders would stone them. Everybody would grab a rock. Why? Because you a burden to your parents. They can't even, it's a burden for them to even want to do anything for you. When they think about you, they're like, oh, Lord, he finna, it's something today he going to do. And they brought him to the elders. The people, he's like, man, I did all I could do. I'm sorry. But now, guess what we can do now? The elders is the high priest. We bring him to Christ now. God, I, I put him in your hand. I'm, I'm kicking him out. I'm doing whatever. But I ain't going to lay no hand on him, but I'm going to give him to you. You ain't got to put up with that. Put him out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that was what did. Hey, I, I, I'm not finna, you know. And guess what? Even in that situation, when my dad was getting ready to shoot him down, because my brother came at him viciously. Yeah. And guess yeah. what? This, my dad was to shoot him, but guess what Grace said? Don't do it. That's your son. That's Amen. what Grace came in. Amen. You know, these are, these are real situations that happen. These, I, I was, we have children, and, you know, me, myself, I had a, you know, falling out with my father. But I think, you know, that was the one time it happened when I was young, you know, and I was coming up and thought I knew a little something. And, you know, I came against my father. But through wisdom and through understanding and through mercy, I was able to ask for forgiveness for that error. And guess what? I repented and what? I ain't, I ain't never did that no more. That was, when I was 18 years old. One time at 18, and I'm 30 years old now. So guess how many years? That was 12 years ago. Yeah, amen. Don't mean I don't, I don't get angry. I don't get upset with my father. We don't have disagreements, but guess what? I'm not going to disrespect him. I'm not going to come under judgment from the father for that. Amen. Amen. That's what, mercy, that's what grace and mercy is to do, to get us in order. Amen. We, we shouldn't rehearse the same thing, even in our own life. God himself, He don't, we might not know our fathers or mothers, or you know, because my mom died when I was young. You understand? So I didn't have a mother, per se. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. a mother that you know, was in the place of my mother, and I treated her as my mother because that was the only mom I knew. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, but some of us come under judgment even with the father. We we do things out of out, out of pocket according, you know, against God himself. We we commit sin. We do wrong. Amen. And God, he don't kill you. Get that together now. Come on. Amen. We can't use that permission, that permission slip he give us 
you know, and I, I can stay in the hall. Remember that permission slip they permission slip they used to give us in school? You, you, yeah. know, you know what? You don't need to, you know, during the school hours or during the time you're not supposed to be going, but you know, I'm gonna write you a slip. That permission slip to go. Yeah. I knew some people who took the permission slip and use that to run and do other stuff with it. Amen. That, that's God's grace. We use God's grace to do other things to, to continue in the wrongness that we're doing. He giving you that. He giving you that permission slip. You know what? I'm allow, mm-hmm. I'm allow you to get it together. But what we don't we don't get it together. We continue to do even more things. We add to our wickedness. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we might we might not get out of pocket with our parents, but guess what? We we'll do wrong against God because we His child ultimately. He the one uh, that 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 gives us life. That you know puts strength in our body. But we do wrong against Him daily. Amen. Amen. So we have to get ourselves in order and repent and say, God, you know what? I apologize. I, I didn't feel short. I ain't going to take the permission slip and run down the hall and skip class and do other stuff with your permission slip that you gave me just to aid. Get from here to there with. Amen. You know, God gave us a permission Amen. slip. Hey, go ahead, go from your classroom and go get you some water and come back. We'll take that and run down and run to our homegirl uh, classroom. Hey, what's up, girl? What you doing? Run down, run, run in and do all kind of things with God's grace he give us. Amen. Mm-hmm. So we thank God this morning for his glory, amen. That God give us uh, uh, life illustrations to show us, amen, that it's, it, we, it's, it's only that his grace and his mercy that keep us in line, that keep us going. Cause guess what? If we was, if it wasn't for His grace and mercy, we wouldn't be alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We living. Cause guess what? Cause we'll fall under the law. We'll fall under the whole law as far as it concerned, as far as sin goes, as far as fornication, adultery, uh, you know, lying, blaspheming, all those things that we'll fall under judgment to. But the scriptures say He have mercy. It, it, that uh, mercy it triumphs over judgment. Amen. So, in the, Place of judgment, God will say, you know what? Now, nah, I'm gonna give him time to get it right. That's your mercy. Amen. I thank God for His word. I thank God for His for His mercy this morning. That we don't take His judgment, His mercy for granted. Cause God can move. Cause he, we know a lot of people. God gave a chance too, and some people fell short in the midst of it. They trying to get it together and fell short. Amen. You said that too. Give us time to get it. Come on, come on now, come on. We got examples, examples to see that if we take this word, and see, we don't take the word of God serious no more. Like the old mothers in the church used to teach and the fathers. We don't take it serious no more. We take grace and mercy and we just play with it. We yeah. use that and run all around and do everything outside of God's word. And God, like, that's not what I use. Great. That's, what I, that's what I, what I gave you this for. I didn't give you grace and mercy to do whatever you wanted to do with it. Hallelujah. I gave you that so you can get yourself together. So you can get other people together. So you can help yourself better yourself to be a better person. Where you don't get killed in the midst of you trying to get yourself right. But we'll use that and neglect everything God then told us. His word told us not to do this, not to do that. You know, get in line with his word. Pray fast. These tools, these are tools used to what? To help make us better, to overcome sin. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is for his word. Amen. That's what God told us to do this morning. Hello? 
not take his not take his word, amen, and, and twist it and turn it to fit our life. Cause we good at that. We we'll get some scriptures together now and back up our sins. You know, we amen. We'll get some, you know, that's what mankind do. We'll justify everything we're doing wrong instead of saying, you know what, I'm I'm wrong. I, I need to go on and get this right. But we'll continue in our sin and we'll be like, you know what, I can do this. The Bible say this, that, and the third. I I, I can get it. You know, I got time. Oh, I got this. I got that. You know, the word of it. That's not what the word is for. You know, we got to understand Christ came for it as an example. Because a lot of us use, oh, I ain't Jesus. I ain't this. Okay, if you ain't him, as Abraham, as Isaac, Jacob, who you, what other prophet? Who who you want? You want, you want James, John, Luke? Who you want? Amen. We good at, we good at saying, I ain't Jesus. I, I We had faith. We was who? Stephen, the deacon? Who you want? Who you want? Deborah? Who you want? Anna? Who, who, who else do we want? For the, to show you that there's examples in this book that you can hold on, you can hold on. You know, I'm burning, I'm burning. You know, I gotta, I gotta have, uh, I gotta have a man, I gotta have a woman. Well, Paul, then he wasn't married at all. He, he held back. A lot of us like to use Paul for other reasons, but Paul, Paul told you, he's like, man, I rather, I mean, I, I rather y'all be single, but. You know, so you can serve God more when you when you know when you married, you gotta commit to your children, your your wife, and that take that do take away a little time from getting in your word. You know, hmm. not, but when you single, guess what? You ain't gotta answer to nobody. You can get in that word like you're supposed to. You can pray fast. You can do all that. Amen. Amen. You know, so we we use that. Oh, I'm 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 burning. I can't. You know, I gotta have a. You ain't gotta have. You gotta have Christ. You gotta have Jesus. That's what you gotta have. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll come up with some good slogans. We'll come up with a good saying quick to justify what we need. Now he say lay aside every weight. Lay aside. He say put it to the side. Lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you. See, them things easy. You you. You know, them things that come about real easy. You can think of something, how to justify what you're doing easily. But he say lay it aside, every weight, every sin that so easily besets you, that easily sets you back when you get that call, 2 a.m., when you get that text or when, when something going down or when some juicy topic come across your phone and you, oh, girl, what happened? Hey, man, what happened? Nah, lay that aside, man. I don't got nothing to do with that, man. That ain't, that ain't beneficial to my spirit. And that's all you want to think about and talk about all day. Please. Oh, we say lay that aside. That's weight. That's weight because you got to carry that. When you when you become that dumpster, it's in you. People bringing things to you to see see your reaction. Hey man, what you think about this? Hey man, are you you need to set it straight. You ain't the dumpster. Hey, you 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 the garbage disposal. You dispose of that. Hey man, let that go, man. If that that ain't beneficial to the kingdom, man, we got bigger businesses. We got bigger fish to fry. See, we we like to be trash cans. We like to harbor harbor trash. Yes. You know, we like to take things on and think, oh, man, you know what, I, I, I can set the record straight or I can, we, we go in with a mindset like, you know what, I can conquer this. I can help them, uh, you know, with this situation. Instead of diffusing it, we'll sit there and get in the middle of it and make it bigger Amen. than what it already is. Amen. God I look up like, man, I ain't, I ain't had you to go down there and get in the midst of that foolishness. You making me look bad. Oh, she's supposed to be a woman of God. How she... Oh, he's supposed to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Now the good, now your good is evil spoken of. Ain't nobody yeah. tell people to see now what they nose are like, oh man, look. 
nah, she 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 messy. She's supposed to be a woman of God, but she she coming out here causing all kind of uh, uh, uh trouble, confusion. We we can't we got we got to be garbage disposal. When it comes to us, we got to cut it up, rip it up, and throw it away. We, we Amen. Stuff, Amen. If you don't hey, let's pray about it. Hey man, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fast about it for three days. See what God says. Don't you give no word. Don't give no answers. Cause you might not even have an answer, but you're gonna say something. Probably say something to try to soothe them, make them feel good. But no, you know what? We're gonna pray about this. And they and the person might not. Nine times out of ten, if they come in with gossip, they ain't gonna want to hear that. They want to hear, girl, what you what you think about this? Well, the Bible say, don't be a tailbearer. Don't be don't be carrying this gossip around, spreading it. That's right. I I seen Nikki so and so and and mother and mother Taffy too coming out of the hotel. Mm, Nah, you pray for them. See, we we don't like to pray for people. We like to talk about people. Amen. It's it's easier to go spread some trash than to go sit there and and, and put it out and and make sure you deposit it and throw it away. We want to carry it, though, because what? It feels good. It's something that we can resort back to. Ooh, girl, I know about so-and-so. Ooh, man, man, did you see old buck, man? You saw old boy, man? I'm telling you, bro. Nah, let that go. What are we doing? We got to have Christ on the forefront of our mind in everything that we do. And then we'll, like I say, we're justifying being God, being messy. You can't do that. Lord. How are you gonna justify being a trash can? God didn't make you a trash can. <laughs> How are you gonna justify something that God didn't make you into? So, Hallelujah. Amen. The word today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He said, Deuteronomy 18 and what? About the children. What was that? Deuteronomy 18 and 21 or 20? Children and brothers and being disobedient to their parents. Hello? Hello. I got I got um Deuteronomy twenty one. Oh, twenty one and eighteen. Yes, I didn't get that part. Oh my God! I think I got the uh I I I only got Deuteronomy twenty one. Okay, I'll just read the whole chapter. Uh, that's why you. Mm-hmm. That's what I can do. Okay. Yeah, I was just a sister me. I was just checking. I had uh he was talking about rebellious kids and how their days would be starting and being disobedient. And I had lost the, the chapter where he was coming from. I thought he was saying eighteen and twenty one. So I got I it got to do the wrong thing. Uh, okay. It might have been eighteen. Yeah, twenty you said do my twenty one, eighteen. I I just was reading the whole thing. I'm going to read the whole thing. 
Yeah, see, I'm going to read the whole thing also. Mm-hmm. Well, I usually do anyway. When, when the priest is mm-hmm. going from one scripture, one chapter, I just read the whole thing to get understanding where he's coming from. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Amen. Well, I enjoyed the, the preaching of uh, the prophet just speaking a while ago. He spoke some good, some good nuggets by all of us. You know, ourselves together because we cannot part no financial, no vital, we are children of God. We are up to laws out there. People just lost in the world, teenagers, and as parents and grandparents, we have all come together to help help these children. And um, I just thank God for the word of God. You say no word, no God. You know, you lose your own, lose your own soul if you don't stay in the word. You say you don't read the Bible. You know, it's a sin, and if you don't pray, it's a sin. So God chose us. He, we didn't choose him. He chose us, brought us out from the world to help the world. So I just thank the Lord for the word this morning. I'm glad I I, I pushed my way this morning to get in to hear the word. Because other times yes, I've, been, I've been out and, uh, you know, how, like you say, your body be tired. You're going through so much things in the world. But I fought my way this morning. So I'm coming to the word, the word this morning. I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy. So I'm glad I'm here. Amen. For the day. Yes, ma'am. I thank God for. I thank God for the message today. Amen. Amen. Because I went through it with my children, and I got a great grandson that we're going through with now. The dad is saying, "Well." You know, I'm at my wit's end. I say, you can't be at your wit's end, baby, because you got to keep pressing and you got to keep praying. That's right. That's right. And because, you know, uh, we're not going to let the devil have a joy. No. Uh-uh. We're going to rebuke that. And we're gonna, these demons coming out of this child, and he's going to be a good child. Amen. Amen. Continue to keep him before God. That's right. Keep him before God. Amen. I have a grandson who I've been having problems with. I kept praying for him and talking to him, and but you know sometimes you have to. We had to get the the Lord to set the children down. He's he's locked up right now to get his attention. You know. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I, I tell him, I, I wrote to him, I write to him all the time. I said, your body might be locked up, but your mind is not. You keep your Amen. mind on, on God and read your word. He's a beautiful, he's saying he has a beautiful voice. He's singing for the Lord, you know. And I said, you can get in there, you can sing, you know, they have church that come in. And he was saying for him, you know. And he wrote to him, he said, Grandma, he said, I'm going through something. I didn't think I'd be here this long. But uh, I said, well, still Jesus with you. Don't give up and don't give up. Just stay in the Word, son. Grandma loves you. You know, he's a, he's a child. He's a chosen young man. And, you know, yes, we have a lot of problems. Uh, uh, we have more problems. God has more blessings for you. You know, you go through things sometimes. God is just testing you, son, trying to wake you up, you know. You know, follow him. You, you let the flesh take over. Don't let the flesh take over. You know, let Jesus take over in your in your mind, in your body, in your life. It's gonna it's gonna be all right, you know. So Yes ma'am. Yes ma'am. Because God will shut you down to get your attention. Oh yes. Yes you will. 
That's because he chose you, you know, and he sees you getting way beyond yourself. That's my child. He's supposed to be serving me, giving me glory, you know. Amen. He's he say, come on now. That's enough of this. enough of flushing itself, you know. I made you. You didn't make you. Didn't nobody make you but me. You got to give Amen. me glory. So he's a jealous God. I said, I can't have no other God before me. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. To God be the glory. God be the glory. Yes, Lord. Okay, then. I guess I get off and start my day. Okay, then. Everybody else is gone now. I, I guess a possum them got disconnected or something. Oh, okay, okay. All right, then. Who am I talking to, Sister Mary? Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, Evangelist Mary, excuse me. This is Sister Mary. Well, I love you and God bless you. What's your name? Sister Neely. Sister Neely? Neely, yes, ma'am. Okay. Good okay. sharing with you today. Yes, ma'am. Gosh, good share with you, too. Yes, ma'am. Maybe we'll get to meet again in the morning. Oh, did he be on Saturday mornings? Oh, ain't nobody in the morning. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, I'll talk with you later. Okay. Okay. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed day. God bless. God bless.
where all that come from. Okay. 